0: Hello and welcome to lessons with dad. I am here today with my daughter, Ruthie. Hi. And today we are covering acts chapter 13. Ruthie, do you remember what happened in chapter 12? Maybe do a little refresher here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Peter escaped from prison.
0: That's right. He had the miraculous escape. And what happened at the beginning? Somebody, one of the first apostles was killed. Do you remember who was put to the sword by Herod? James. That is correct. It was James, the brother of John. Tragic. The first apostle was killed. Then Peter was imprisoned. Miraculous escape. And now that's really where at the end of chapter 12, where the writer of Acts, which is Luke, really shifts his attention and the rest of the book of acts really focuses on paul and his missionary journeys and how he grows the church and it expands geographically as he goes 13 chapter 13 is the real beginning of this and how this begins and remember who was paul what was paul always a christian and for believing in jesus ruthie no no what in fact What did he do to the early Christians?
1: He, uh, like, did not support them.
0: That's right. He persecuted them, and he was even there when the first Christians were killed. When he met Jesus, he was on the road. Do you remember the road to?
1: Damascus.
0: That's exactly right. Damascus. He was on the road to Damascus, and Jesus appeared to him, became a Christian, and is now the greatest uh, Christian missionary uh, that's documented in the Bible, probably the greatest missionary ever. And what's amazing is we get to read about it here in the book of Acts and then beyond. So if you can start us off here, Ruthie, verse one of chapter thirteen.
1: In the church at Antioch. That's right. There were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, called it, how do you say that? Niger. Niger, Lucius, Lucius
0: of, Cyrene. of
1: Cyrene, Manion, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off.
0: That's right. So they had... Um, these two early Christians, Saul and Barnabas sent apart, set apart different than everybody else because God had a mission for them. They were led by the Holy Spirit. And so they're sent off and we're going to read on all their missionary journeys, where they go and what happens. So let's continue in verse four, Ruthie.
1: The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Solomus, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was there with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to how do you say that? Paphos. Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named
0: Bar-Jesus.
1: Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul. Yep. Sergius Paulus, the prontical and intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elemos the sorcerer for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the pro proconsul from the faith.
0: That's right. So here we go, everyone. We've got uh, Paul and Barnabas. They land in this new place. They meet some of the leadership and people that are there. And what happens right off the bat? Here's this sorcerer, right? And, and, and you can see the spiritual warfare that's going on here right away. What do they meet? Opposition. Here's a sorcerer that's controlled clearly by satan uh and he is opposing them they he goes to the person that he works with and tries to oppose him and turn him from the faith but let's hear what happens what happens here ruthie
1: then saul who is also called paul filled with the holy spirit looked straight at Elymas and said you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right you are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you ever stop permitting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun.
0: Wow. So here we go. Again, Paul is empowered with, with the the power of God through the Holy Spirit, and he speaks this against uh, the, this evil spirit, the sorcerer that's clearly um, doesn't you know, has bad intentions and tells him you're not going to be able to see. And then what happens, Ruthie?
1: Immediately, mist and darkness came over him and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord.
0: So, right. And it's interesting he wasn't amazed at the miracle, he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. But I'm sure both had an impact on him, right? You see somebody struck with blindness, especially somebody that was a sorcerer and he looked at because they had power. And Ruthie, you did a great job going through there because there were a bunch of, there were some difficult names there, weren't there? Mm-hmm. Yes, there were. So good job getting through those. And again, it's not pronouncing the names properly. Again, if you go through the Bible and you get stuck on something, it's not if there's some difficult names of people or cities. It's a different time. If these are different countries. It's all right. We don't need to pronounce them perfectly. You don't need to get them perfectly. Uh, get through that, but focus on what the real things are. The the content of the message. What of what's happening here? So, very nice job, Ruthie. Appreciate you pushing through some of those difficult names. So I'll pick up here in verse thirteen. So. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in In Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Poseidon Antioch on the Sabbath. They entered the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law of the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement from the people, please speak. And so remember, when you didn't have big travel. You didn't have internet. You didn't have TV evangelists. You didn't have things. So when new people came from out of town, Ruthie, so here's Paul and Barnabas coming. And Paul was a big part, a big player in the Jewish uh, churches. He was a Pharisee. He was a leader in the Jewish church. So when new people would come in town, the church would often say, Hey, you're from in, from out of town why don't you read from uh, the scriptures and maybe give us a lesson? Because it was a way for them to get encouragement from other places and hear uh, other speakers and other uh, pastors, like we would hear visiting pastors and things. So they asked him to speak. So standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. So again, here he is, I'm sure the Holy Spirit has him. He's speaking with power. He says, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of the country. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. So he very quickly wrapped up all of Jewish history right there in a few sentences after this God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet then the people asked for a king and he gave them Saul son of Kish of the tribe of tribe of Benjamin who ruled 40 years after removing Saul he made David their king he testified concerning him I have found David son of Jesse a man after my own heart he will do everything I want him to do From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. That's John the Baptist. Remember that, Ruthie? He preached. He kind of led led the way. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not the one. No, but he is coming after me. Whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, children of Abraham, you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us this message of sal- salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and the rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now witnesses to our people. So Ruthie, he's here telling him, first he tells the history of all the Jewish people of Israel. Then he gives the history here of Jesus and uh, John the Baptist, that he was killed, and he was raised from the dead, and he was seen. Listen to what he says next. This is, so he's talking to all these people, not only the mostly Jewish people, but a few Gentiles that might be there in the synagogue in this new city. He's telling them about all the stuff that happened in Jerusalem. He said, we tell you the good news, what God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second poem, Psalm <laughs> poem, in the second <laughs> in the second Psalm. So here now he's going to go back and he's trying to convince them by showing because these are Jewish people. Ruth, he's going to go in and he's going to show them and point to Old Testament uh, scripture that prophesied about Jesus and who he was. And it says here, "You are my son. Today I have become your father." The fact that God raised him from the dead, never to. Today, to decay, is stated in these words, I give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is stated elsewhere, you will not let your Holy One see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his father's and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. And so what he's saying here, Ruthie, is that there was prophecy about Jesus's body, the the Savior, his body not decaying. And he was making clear that when they prophesied about it, they weren't talking about David because clearly David died and was buried. But Jesus did not. He was raised by God. And so that's how he's saying, pointing to another thing, that the resurrection is the clearest proof of the existence of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So it says... Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Look at that, Ruthie. Will you read that again? Look at that. This is in verse 38. This is just awesome right here. Read the underlined part.
1: I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you.
0: That's the good news. That's what they're, he's here. This. What's brilliant about this, and I love this part of the New Testament because so many people make being a Christian difficult or there's rules or these things, and it's not. And it's it's so easy to see right here. This is some of the first you know, missionaries going out and they're proclaiming the good news and they make it very simple. I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes Is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you and it here's quoting from the Old Testament look you scoffers wonder and perish for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you as Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. So they loved what they right? They were guest speakers and they said, what you're saying is so awesome, we want you to come back again. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. I'm gonna let you continue here, Ruthie, to the end. Let's hear what happens and how after they get such a, a reception. What happens next?
1: On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying.
0: So so what do you think is happening here? So they, they come in, they speak, the, everybody is excited. They hear about Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. What do you think the Jewish people that see all these people wanting to follow them, how do you think they feel when uh, when they're they do you think they feel they're trying to maybe steal their their followers or what, what do you think is happening?
1: Like take their followers from them.
0: Yeah. they. Pro- do you think they're happy about that? What do you what do you think would happen?
1: They're upset about it.
0: And do you think it's weird that people of God, when they hear this good news, they're more worried about what their believers do than really receiving the message.
1: I mean, it's kind of wrong.
0: (laughs) It is wrong and it's sad to watch that happen. And I would hope that that would never happen to us. It's easy to sit here and say, look how wrong they are, but, um, it, it has to be hard. They have these new people come in. They give this great message. Everybody believes they're super excited. These people are doing miracles. And instead of being excited about what God wants, they're jealous and they talk badly against them. And I think, do you think that's human nature? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine you had all your friends and then somebody new moves into town and comes and they're super fun and exciting and all your friends want to be with them instead of you. How would that make you feel?
1: Like betrayed.
0: <laughs> it might. and that, That's a good word. It's interesting. They might've felt betrayed. And and they couldn't see past their betrayal to see that that the good news was here and that the word of God was coming to them. And sometimes with us, we can't see past the feelings we have and the emotions we have to see what God has in store for us. That's a good word, Ruthie. I like that. Well, well, let's continue. Let's see what happens. What happened after they talked uh, abusively against them?
1: Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We have to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded to us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed the so word isn't that
0: kind of weird all those who were appointed for eternal life believed what do you think that means
1: I feel like it would be the other way around like you believe you have eternal life
0: I know it's weird I'll tell you as an er- when I first became a Christian as an adult when I was reading I went through the whole Bible and read it myself there's many references here uh to um, pre what that what's called predestination, meaning, Hey, these people were appointed. That means God selected them and they never really had a choice. And that's not true. And I I struggled with it for a long time. And I, I basically told myself, you know what, I'm just going to have to believe on that. And maybe at some point God will open my eyes. It was about 10 years later, Ruthie, and we'll talk about this another time about predestination, but I read a book. It was uh, a book on the, um, it was the biography of Albert Einstein and it explained uh, that time is not constant. We always think that time is constant And what I realized is that oh my goodness to God time is time is a is a thing for humans so that we can understand how things go. but to God he sees everything at the same time. And so what we look as it God shows us first is really, God knows everything that's going to happen before it happens because time is not a constraint for Him, and and it took me a long time to get my head around that. It's a complex concept of theology, but it's interesting and it's something that somebody might say, "What? Whoa! What does that mean?" That they were appointed for eternal life um, and they believed, but I, we'll, we'll talk more about that another time. I think it's a really cool concept, and what's what's neat about it is there's science behind it that backs it up, and it's a it's something that we really need to take some deep thought and time on. But anyway, go ahead and continue with you right here.
1: When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored. The word of God and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited the God-fearing woman of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit.
0: So look, just like everywhere they go and they're going to continue to meet opposition because people are jealous and not happy. And I love how you put that, Ruthie. So they're they're going to get this opposition. They're going to see that. And so they leave and they go somewhere else. And They started and they went to a synagogue and you're going to see that Paul and Barnabas and his his team of people, when they go to these different cities, they're now going to go to the Gentiles. They started first with the Jews and them and the Jewish people, but we find that not all of them want to turn away and change and understand that the Messiah had been sent in Jesus. So great chapter there. We're really kicking off uh, in chapter 13, Paul's missionary journeys. We'll we'll stop there at the end of chapter 13. And Ruthie, I'd like to take a minute because I'd I'd like to say a prayer together here. Um, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd ask everyone that's, uh, listening to please join us in this prayer and pray for a good friend of mine at work. Um, we talked a little bit about this, Ruthie, that one of my really good friends at work, he is a, a young man, uh, and was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. Uh, He has two young daughters, uh, just so sad and difficult to see. But the good news, the good news, Ruthie, he's a Christian. Does that make you feel better knowing that somebody that's got something that's scary is a Christian? Yeah. And and why does that make you feel better?
1: Um, that they know that it's all like part of his plan.
0: Hmm. That's true. It is
1: to put like trust in him and not think that it's like his fault for everything.
0: That's really good. It is. I I will say, I talked to him yesterday and his attitude is unbelievable. He says, if anybody was going to get this, he wants it to be him. He's got a tough fight ahead of him. Uh, he's going to be battling. He's like, I've got this. God has been preparing me for this. Uh, And he's gone through the roller coaster of emotions. And what's interesting, is he said it really hit him when he was walking into the doctor one day and he's going in to see his team of doctors and there's a dad rolling uh, his daughter out in a wheelchair and his daughter's battling cancer. And he said, you know what? Thank God I've got this. Thank God it's me, not my daughters, not my wife. Which I would wish upon myself before anyone in my family. But he went even further and said, "Hey, I, I I wish the people that you know have been mean to me in the past or have done bad things to me, I want this before they get it, because he's prepared for the fight. He's a Christian, and exactly to your point, Ruth, he knows it's part of God's plan. Uh, so, if you would take my hand, let's let's say a quick prayer for him, and I'd I'd ask you all to join us in this and continue praying for him. He goes uh, for surgery." on April 5th of 2023. So please pray for him and keep him in your prayers that he has a quick and fast recovery. So dear God, we want to pray for my friend, for his family, for his little girls, that they can stay strong, that they can understand that this is part of your overall plan, that you are with them every step of the way. Let the world see, Lord, how awesome of a God that you are through this difficult thing because we don't understand why pain and suffering happen and so many people struggle and don't understand uh, when these things come about. But let this be a way to show your power and glory because you are in control of everything. We pray that you can fill him with strength to fight the battle. We pray for his young girls and wife that they can stay strong to support him. And Lord, we ask all of this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So thank you for joining and we'll see everyone next week on Lessons with Dan.